1: The doctor is in. Yes, and it's a special edition of Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rashi Batar, the veterinarian doctor. He's, he, he sends us a picture right before airtime. Super Don, you see this? They're like a, a giant antelope or maybe a dinosaur. I'm not sure what he's there with.
0: I, uh, doc- I don't, I have no idea what that is. I, we need to Dr. find Bittar,
1: out. Dr. fill us in. What is that animal that is about to embed Im- Im- embed you with its horns?
2: Can you hear me, Robert? Yes. Okay, I didn't know it was coming through, broken through. Um, It's an eland. Uh, It's the largest antelope species in the world, and uh, we had one that just went down. We didn't know what happened, and uh, it was actually the end of the day, and I was getting ready to come in to do the show, and the eland was down, so we've been helping it to recover. We've got a vet on the way, and... um, She's already doing a lot better. She's, she's pregnant. She's drinking now. She's got some carrot right. syrup in her, some minerals in her, Give her a shot of B vitamins and, uh, and, uh, she started to drink on, on her own. So I've got one of my, one of my guys here who's actually leaning up against her. I'm going to take another picture and shoot it to you guys, but I think it's interesting that we're doing a live show and
1: <laughs> from the and, farm. Yeah. I mean, oh, yes. you can, this, this, we want to publish this picture. Would you mind if we did that? We could send no, it out fine. to everybody? Okay. Cause this is that's the largest fine, antelope I've ever seen. And Superdon, I was right. Huge. I said antelope, right? Before we went on the air, I said antelope. Yes.
2: Yeah, so that's technically actually one of my, that's you one, were one of my right. females. He's one, right. one of the younger ones. You should see the bull. The bull is massive. We call him oh, buddy because he's so friendly.
1: Oh, well, that's they can nice. Because those bring down
2: a full grown lion on their own.
1: Wow. Animal. Usually you, you yeah. think the lions are stalking these things, but the, if they're big enough, the lion's are not going to mess with them
2: not with a bull eland they will back down from a bull eland. when an, when a lion or any like hyenas go after these animals they're usually going after the old or the young the uh-huh. feeble the injured but not after a a male a full grown male they, they'll back down and what you that picture that I sent you was a female actually that's pregnant it's not it's not like she's that huge um the males <laughs> a lot bigger than she is
1: yeah well, the, the horns look like they're at least 2 foot long
2: uh, I'm standing there right now they're about Twenty-nine
1: inches, just shy of thirty. Wow. wow, that's stunning. Well, we'll we'll get these pictures up for everybody to see. This is the other side of Dr. Rashi Bittar on his on his ranch on the, on the farm, with all the things that he's doing. It's amazing that we can get him in to do a radio show once a week. So uh, I'm glad glad you're here, even on the farm, because the daylight's uh, extending. It gives you a little more time to be outside. Yeah, it does. That's true. Well, so the stories that you to say before you guys
2: <laughs> ask me, Don just for you no i have not looked
0: at the story <laughs> well you uh, know you know i, you know, I guess, since you mentioned that i got to tell you uh, we covered a story last week that the uh, united states post office had made a mistake they had issued a maya angelou postage stamp and they put a quote on it that they thought was from her but it actually was from somebody hello? else
1: yeah. Did, did you hear this? That's Maya Angelou stamp. They messed up. They put, they thought they had a quote from Maya Angelou on it. And it actually turned out to be a quote from Dr. Batar. And it said, no, I didn't read the email. So I don't know what's going on in the show today.
2: <laughs> That's funny. He thinks well, you're I, I joking. I went uh, dead there for a second, so I didn't know whether we were disconnected
1: or not. So anyway. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. I just don't know if Super Don's voice is getting over to you today. I think it is. But anyway, listen, we're going to dive into some of these things. A lot of, of course, when I bring these things up with you, it's no problem for you to riff on them. But I think what is interesting, there's a study the CDC just came out with. And, of course, the, you're already going, uh-oh, what have they said now? And you're right, you're right to ask that question. The headline reads this over at healthfinder.gov. Too few kids. TOO, too few kids with epilepsy and cerebral palsy are getting their flu shots, according to the study. I mean, they basically set the stage, Dr. Batar, as if kids with cerebral palsy and epilepsy, the reason that they have this is because they're not getting flu shots. I mean, I'm thinking if you see kids with epilepsy and CP, both have elements of neurological and gastrointestinal inflammation and damage. By
2: definition, they've already had happen? too many flu shots. Yep. They've had Ex- too many- exactly. And so this is like pouring, we could summarize this and move on to the next story by saying that this is like pouring gasoline on a fire that's already raging.
1: It, it's incredible. Now, their excuse here, not to be a surprise for you, but is, well, we are concerned because these children with epilepsy, epilepsy and CP are at an increased risk for complications from the flu. So that's their argument to inject them with more mercury. It's, this is insanity.
2: Yeah, to further inject them with immunosuppressives that will further deteriorate their already compromised state.
1: I just, so, you know, is- I, I shake my yeah. head here, Dr. Batar. I know you've been doing it for years from the inside. Every time I try to give credit to the medical community, they come out with something like this. I'm like, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it is.
2: That's That's all you can say, that it is exactly, it is embarrassing.
1: Well, and, and again, if we go back to the Cochrane collaboration and their review of all the science supposedly that shows that influenza vaccines actually work, it showed that they don't. So reducing the risk of complication, much less the manifestation of influenza in any of the targeted groups, the young and the old, it, it just, there's no basis for it. Yet they continue to push it. The CDC organization, which we acknowledge has good toxicologists that they never let come out or rarely let come out to see the sunshine. And now they're trying to push more CDC influence in Africa.
2: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really insane, and they're going to they're going to actually take the same type of situation people in in Africa where they've already got uh, scenarios where people are already very immunocompromised, not only from not only from um, in, uh, opportunistic infectious processes and such, but also because of lack of hygiene and clean water, the the lack of you know, appropriate sewage. So then that further compromises an already compromised system. And then on top of that, you start giving them vaccines. It's like a triple exponentially worsening situation for them.
1: Sure. And we would acknowledge at least the one thing they get right is that these kids may be, well, they are, in fact, immunologically and neurologically compromised. So that may predispose them to complications from flu, but it's absolutely the wrong thing to do to inject them with toxic medicaments and heavy metals that suppress immunity rather than stimulate it in a, in a way to modulate it, not hyperstimulate, but to modulate so that it's actually functional again.
2: Yes, that's exactly correct. And So one of the things that it's something we've stated numerous times on the show, but I think it warrants bringing it up again, is that we're not against the, the use of the concept behind vaccinations but it's to do it in a manner that makes sense, meaning introducing an attenuated type of the pathogen or some type of uh, component of the the pathogen, but not give it at the wrong time, meaning when the immune system hasn't been developed, not give it with substances that are immunosuppressive uh, by nature and that are given under the pretense of using them as uh, preservatives or whatever else, adjuvants or... Things that are going to help to stimulate the immune response, whereas in fact they don't. Right. They just suppress the immune response. And so, if you're going to, if that's really the concern, then there would be no logic if you really want to help to stimulate the person's immune system and and prevent them from being uh, susceptible to some of these illnesses. Then it would make no sense to use the type of vaccine that we use today because they have they have all these components that are completely contradictory to what the supposed uh, goal is. It's under false Mm -hmm. pretense that they're giving this stuff. It doesn't make any sense. It defies all logic.
1: Well, the only way that we get logic out of it is when we look at the study itself and find out where it was published, and it was actually published in the journal Vaccine and was conducted by researchers from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the primary marketing and promotion wing of the vaccine industrial complex.
2: Yeah, and so you, you can't really even expect a um, unbiased type of opinion when the journal itself is called a vaccine. So uh, it, it, the CDC already, and I don't know how much of this is already public information, I don't know how much of this uh, has already been stated, but I assume that what the part I'm going to say right now, this is widely known. That so The Centers for Disease Control have already come under great deal of criticism for the types of studies that they've done, and many of these studies did not meet the peer-reviewed criteria from other journals, and they were actually turned down, and the CDC had to go to second, third, sometimes fourth uh, attempts to get these things published. And this is some of the information Dr. Brian Hooker released, and he even had some of the criticisms by the reviewers of these studies when submitted, uh, when the CDC submitted these papers, and, and the reviewers' uh, criticisms of the papers was pretty scathing.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I'm going to see, uh, Brian Hooker again this year at Autism One in Chicago. We were there together last year. It was phenomenal and, uh, always, always look forward to seeing him. He's a good man and his son, of course, as we know, is vaccine injured. These parents are driven. Some are research scientists, uh, like Dr. Hooker. Others are just moms and dads, laypersons that have dug in, in the, in the medical journals and have learned more than the medical doctors that claim to know more about vaccines that really do not.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they, a lot of them yeah. have just out of the the, the old saying, uh, "Desperation is the mother of all innovation." Many of these people were parents thrown into this situation themselves, and happen to have a scientific background or some type of uh, medical uh, vocation, whether it's nursing or medicine or whatever research, and help. You know, their personal involvement helped to motivate them and drive them into finding and discovering some of the things that they
1: have. Yeah, and the conclusion of this article is that more needs to be learned about the attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors that influence flu vaccination of children with neurological disorders. So the takeaway is, how do we convince by understanding the psychology of those who are not vaccinating their children because they have CP or other neurological issues or gastrointestinal-inspired or neurological-inspired seizure disorders? Uh, So isn't that interesting? Their conclusion is uh, not about Better ways to strengthen the immune system to prevent flu, but it's how do we convince these people to get shots?
2: yeah, yeah unbelievable at some point the insanity will stop um I'm mm-hmm. not sure at what point that is, but I think that uh I think that there's more and more people Robert on a daily basis in fact, the awareness seems to be increasing, and it seems to be the rate of the awareness the is increasing at such an exponential rate it's um people yeah. that i would have never thought before would have ever had an interest even discussing the subject now broach the subject and initiate the topic so it's yes. it's, it's exciting
1: the more they're lying the more they're trying to squeeze us in and force us into it the more we're going to squeeze out of their grip uh, next segment i'm going to ask dr bittar he was also in the military special forces about the vaccination rates among military kids some studies are saying that it may be lower than the general population thoughts about that And we've got a question of the day related to some supplements. Stick around. Dr. Batar is with us. It's Advanced Medicine. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott
0: Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show.
1: All right, this is the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty on planet Earth right now on GCN, Natural News Radio. Of course, if you miss a show, lots of places to find it, medicalrewind.com, great place, and the international best-selling book by my good friend, Dr. Rasha Batar, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, linked up in the show notes, as they always are, at robertscottbell.com, including links to the webinar we'll get to. But first and foremost, the U.S. military, interesting study now. They're trying to speculate, figure out this thing, but childhood vaccination rates may be lower for military kids. Now, I know things have changed since you were active duty, Dr. Bittar, but it seems that the message may be getting out about these vaccines within the military families.
2: Yeah, I think it was actually getting out way before now, Robert. Um, do you remember a movie that came out called Jarhead?
1: Yes, Jarhead. Yeah, it was about the Marines, uh, I think. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Right.
2: Yeah. That's right. And I think that was, what, about eight years ago, maybe longer?
1: Prox, I'm not even sure, but uh, did they reference this issue in that? I don't recall.
2: Well, there was a there was a certain scene in there, and the drill sergeant telling them to take their their meds. They have to take all these medications prior to um, arrival, and they're now in country and they have to take some more um, meds. And one of the soldiers protests, and the sergeant, who's I think um, Jamie Fox, you know, basically. Is uh, chewing them out and tell them to take it, to uh, take it and shut up. And then they do this inspection. They take the pills in their, they put the pills in their mouth, and then they walk, op- they walk by and each soldier has to open his mouth to make sure that he took his medication, his, uh, his oral vaccine. Right. And um, as he, as they pass the the main character of the movie, as the sergeant passes him and inspects his mouth and sees that there's, you know, there's nothing in his mouth and he passes him, the guy turns around and spits the pill out he it underneath his tongue. And this, um, you know, basically the reason I bring this up is because this shows the general mood and consensus among soldiers regarding the medications and the vaccines that they are required to take. Gulf War Syndrome was completely caused by the inoculations that the soldiers had to undergo. Um, You and I have talked about Project Day which was... A book that was written about the experimentation in, uh, soldiers with, um, some of the, with the, some of the vaccine companies. In fact, if you remember in, uh, gosh, I don't remember now how long ago it was. It was over 10 years ago, but at MD Anderson, which is one of the leading cancer hospitals, I did, uh, a number of months during my internship when I was in Texas at MD Anderson and MD Anderson, one of the, researchers or one of the clinicians was found I don't even believe we should talk about this on the air, but he you remember the thing we talked about with the guy who committed suicide supposedly the only problem was
1: entry right.
2: wood was at the back of his head and this was he was Yeah, it, it,
1: it, not not the physics the physics of the suicide didn't add up.
2: Right. And he had threatened less than twenty four hours previous to that to his suicide that he was going to expose uh, the experimentation done on Prisoners at Harris County Jail. Harris County is the county that Houston is located in, and so there was an experimentation being done on prisoners. And then the next level of that experimentation, after the experiment on prisoners, was to take those same vaccines and then start using them in soldiers. So there are many, many things that have happened to our soldiers that have been done to our soldiers. Uh, this this uh, experimentation aspect is not something new, um, and uh, I think that the general consensus among military whether they're active or non-active, whether they're dependent or non dependent is that they don't want to take these shots. And so I'm not surprised to learn that the incidence of vaccination in children of active-duty military personnel is lower because most of those guys just don't want to do it anymore. They've they had too much stuff themselves. I mean, you ask a soldier, sure. how many times have you had the flu? Pretty much they'll tell you the number of times I've had a flu vaccine. There's a direct right. correlation. Yeah.
1: So they talk about it. I, I And I do remember um Gary Matsumoto's book, Vaccine A, about the anthrax vaccine, also very direct contributing to the uh, Gulf War illness. And and I have to believe, and based on what I'm, I'm seeing here in this uh study, is that the military families are being exposed to this information, even though it's not really making headlines.
2: Yeah, they, you know, things travel by the grapevine. And now with the advent of the Internet in the last 15 years, you know, making the dissemination of information readily available, you know, people talk and people see and they, they can correlate and they see the relationships that are um seen between people that get sick and people that have had instances of vaccinations and they just don't want their kids exposed yeah. to it and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out you know that if you put two and two mm-hmm. together you're going to end up getting this, this
1: well when you uh, uh yeah, when you want to say pro- protect the troops we always say bring them home but if they're not home protect them from these medical interventions as well We'll be back with more of Dr. Batar Advanced Medicine here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com. We'll tell you about the upcoming webinar and how to sign up. You're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. The
0: Robert Scott Bell Show. <laughs> Bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert.
1: I know we have not had an advanced medicine seminar out and about in a while with Dr. Batar. Those are awesome whenever they can happen again. Of course, we'd love to see it, but there are other opportunities to see Dr. Batar either in person or through a webinar special detox focus coming up May 11th. And we've added the link. It's live. It's hot right now at robertscabell.com in the notes. It's a, it's bold and it's red, so you'll know to click on it. Also, Super Don has said it spread it out through the social media as well. Uh, Dr. Batar, remind everybody what is going to transpire in this detox event coming up.
2: Well, we're going to introduce a new component that takes detoxification to a new level. It's um, It's not new technology, but the combination of three different things that have been available and optimized together to get a synergistic benefit and then the angle put together to uh, enhance detoxification. It hasn't been used. None of these technologies have been used in detoxification previously. They've been basically used in uh, pain control and inflammation, lots and lots and lots of research that's done, peer-reviewed research, over 81 pages, over 420 references. Uh, of the utilization and the acceptance uh, throughout the world of these modalities, but never in the arena of detoxification. So then combining these three techniques and using them with the protocol that we started working on, it's actually using some of our homeopathics that we use um, in some of the MPEs and some of the IVs that we use, that we put them together in a conjunction, uh, started experimenting with it where we were using um, versions orally to see if we could enhance detoxification, and then when we put it together with the technology, the results were far greater than I ever expected. And um, I don't really want to say much. I've already said probably more than what I want to say, because everybody <laughs> has to everybody has to agree to all the...
1: Uh, oh, yeah, that's uh, the thing. It's, you're, you're participating in a unique way where you're taking it out of the public domain, and putting exactly. it into a private arena where you can, you know, legally and lawfully tell people th- things. You understand the, the uh, abrogations of freedom of speech out here and what they call the public, right? And you really have to take it into another arena for this to be revealed to that level, to that degree. So if you want, there's a link and you are going to want to hear this information. Uh, go to robertskybell.com right now. Look in the show notes. If it's a, uh, an archive day, uh, don't worry. You just go back. The date where this first airs is the 13th of April. 2015, and this is scheduled for May 11th, the webinar online. It is free, uh, but to sign no, up, I don't know, it might, yeah. might cost a dollar to sign up or something.
2: That's right. It's going to cost a dollar, and if anybody wants, um, please let me know. I will refund your dollar if the information wasn't worthwhile to you. In fact, uh, I'm happy to do that for anybody, but there has to be some type of exchange. Um, very, Very simply, I, I don't want to get into this too much, but I'm just going to explain this. Under the pretense of public safety, the various government authorities that have jurisdiction over health and wellness and, and that, that believe that they have jurisdiction over your body, under the pretense of your safety, they will prevent information from being disseminated. So this is not public information that we will be discussing. This will be only for private members of the private association, the uh, Association for Advanced Medicine. And mm-hmm. to join that is a $1 lifelong membership. And if anybody decides after attending that they were not happy, send me an email. Call, send us an email to my clinic, uh, com and ask for your money to be refunded, and they will be happy to refund your money. However, you will have to agree to all the terms to be able to listen to the webinar to get that information.
1: Yeah, again, this is the restrictions that uh, are imposed upon the people. We, the people who have lost their way, have become subjects, citizens uh, to the jurisdiction thereof of the District of Criminals. And we, we, we'd we, rather not uh, limit our freedom of speech to heal because the place for uh, health, freedom, and healing liberty is right here. And we're tapping into it even further with the webinar coming up May 11th. So, everybody, if you haven't signed up, again, go there, robertscottbell.com, in the show notes. And we've got it linked up. We'll keep it there as well uh going. So, Let's see what else we got on tap uh, this segment here. I, we're kind of wide open. I, I appreciate you sharing a little bit about your experience too in the military. Way back when we started Advanced Medicine uh, together and we were doing the medical rewind, uh, you may have shared a story, and I'm not going to ask you to do it again. But you literally live up to what you say. People have to be willing to, to be belligerent in their defense against these medical assaults, and that includes vaccination. We covered a medical. Um, what do we call it? Neglect, medical abuse. But it's not medical neglect or abuse. It's an excuse to take away children, medical kidnap. And the woman did what we would like her to do. When they said, we're taking your kids, she said, over my dead body. And Dr. Batar, you'll never believe what they said. They said, well, that, then she's suicidal. So now we have to take the kids away. Can you imagine the length to <clears throat> which CPS is going to abduct children?
2: Unbelievable. So you' are suicidal, huh? Well, Robert, I hate to say this, but my response would be, well, I may be suicidal, but two or three, you going with me?
1: <laughs> yes, uh, and I don't think they're taking them from you. But again, there's a lot of intimidation and fear imposed, and of course, they really attack the most vulnerable among us that have the least ability to defend themselves via the the court system, the legal system. Uh, you know, these these public appointed attorneys, maybe they went into it for the right reason, but they, they by and large, represent the state just as many of these attorneys do. And it, it's, a, you know, one tragic story after another, but we're spotlighting them. And one by one, these parents are going to recognize the danger of entering into any relationship with these governmental agencies.
2: I agree with you. It's just a matter of time I agree with you.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So let me see. Yeah, Robert, to- I mean, since what? you're going to bring
0: Go up that story, you got to bring yeah. up the other crazy aspect of it. Sure. Where they, they said that it, was, it was medical neglect. Because the mom didn't take the the child to the doctor appointment that was scheduled, but that's because CPS had already taken the kids.
1: So she didn't even have oh, possession wow. of the kids. Yeah. yeah, and they claim that's medical neglect. <laughs>
0: what do you even say
2: to that? Yeah, there's not much you can say to that.
1: No, at that point, I'm rather I'd rather play with the deer and the antelope.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: By the way, we posted the picture of you and the antelope uh and uh, it's an extraordinary picture I, I haven't seen the second one if you send another one through i'll I'll take a look for it as well. But you're also traveling uh to the middle east you're you're like an honored guest of some of the governments there trying to uh, i guess train teach the doctors some more holistic or integrative medicine. Tell me what's going on in the middle east
2: uh well, actually, I'm uh giving a couple of lectures on cancer and that, I'm giving a couple of lectures on cancer, and uh, it's actually um, information that is to do with uh, the and some of the other research uh, that's, that's been recently published that we've covered in the show a couple of years ago, and there will be members of the government that are in attendance. I haven't been invited by the government, but there will be members of the government that are uh, in attendance.
1: Now, if we have listeners in the Middle East, and we do, uh, and they might be in the neighborhood. Is it possible they can attend too? Is there a, a, a website or somewhere they can look to find out how to, how to meet you there? I mean, we got them all over the world now.
2: Yeah, actually, uh, they can just go to advancedmedicineseminars.com and they will have the information posted there. Uh, I'm not sure the schedule. I just know I'm going to be in Jordan. I'm going to be in Saudi Arabia and Egypt. Those are the three countries I'm supposed to be in between May 6th and May 20th.
1: Wow, stunning! So we're going to have some international episodes of uh, Advanced Medicine coming up.
2: Yeah, and we're going to have to probably figure out. uh, Remember, it's going to be about seven, maybe eight hours ahead of ahead. So we we may have to. uh, It'll actually, I guess, be about two o'clock in the morning when we do the show over there. Wow! All right. So if
1: Doctor Batar wants to go live, he'll be up in the middle of somebody else's night. So we'll see how that goes in the upcoming uh, days and weeks as he's traveling around the world. Listen, I think it's fascinating that, you know, the impact that you're having, that we're having. Again, you know, humble little show started here in the U.S., picked up now around the world. And, of course, with your book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, international bestseller, I am sure it's intrigued so many that you've gotten probably more invitations than you can respond to.
2: Uh, yeah, I haven't been actually lecturing as much as I was previously. Robert, that's just by choice. I've been turning down more things now. So unless it, it unless it's something specific that serves our purpose and that uh, helps to get our uh, message out, which is basically of detoxification and physiological optimization. Um, otherwise, I, I tend not to really do too much now. I, I only go, sure. only go certain places. Becoming All more right. selective in the old age, maybe.
1: No, no, that's good. That's what we do as we age, uh, or or sage, as our friend Dr. King says. Listen, uh, it's another time of the show, so stand by. I think it is time for another question. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Okay, we got another question of the day. This is, says, hey, Dr. Bell, Dr. Bittar. Firstly, thank you for all you do to get the health word out. Secondly, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed by all the information telling us what nutrients are absolutely necessary for good health. I simply cannot afford everything I need. But one supplement has always had me on the fence about getting because I do understand it is one that I may not be able to take a, a, a let's say a green superpower to get it. And he, and this person, uh, Lori C, she says it's coenzyme Q10, coQ10. Dr. Batar, she wants to know, do you have any thoughts about this supplement? Can we get it in any foods or should we supplement in it? Uh, what do you know about CoQ10? Well,
2: Coenzyme Q10 is a catalyst. It's very, very important for the mitochondria to function correctly. The mitochondria is the respiratory center of the, of the cells. And the one thing is that in modern day society, with the advent of the statin drug, one of the, uh, deficiencies that have been iatrogenically created, iatrogenically again, for those that have forgotten, iatrogenic means doctor induced or medical profession induced. One of the iatrogenic deficiencies that have been created from the statin drug is a coenzyme Q deficiency. And for any person that's on any type of statin drug, first of all, I would highly, highly encourage them to look at the research and make an informed decision. Notice that I did not say they should get off the statin drugs. I said they should uh, <laughs> read the literature and make a decision once they read the literature themselves. Uh, doctors don't have a monopoly on this literature. And actually, it would be very interesting for you to read the literature yourself and then ask your doctor the questions. And you will see how quickly the doctor has probably not looked at the literature himself. But the one thing that the literature clearly states is the use of statin drugs should be in, in fact, all the research was done and showed that they should be coincided with the use of Coins MQ10. Now, Coins MQ10, with people that have any type of cardiac issue, any type of respiratory issue, even sometimes um, uh, athletic performance enhancements, uh, that type of stuff. Coenzyme Q10 can have a tremendous amount of benefit.
1: So, yeah, you, you definitely are su- supporting it, especially if somebody's on a statin drug. we got to take a break. We're going to be back to wrap up advanced medicine. Maybe we can fit in a moment of duh. Maybe we can talk about stupid criminals. We get a little silly, and if we need to do more coenzyme Q10, we can do that as well. Stick around. Go to robertscadbell.com. Back after this.
0: The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert.
1: All right, rumor advanced. MedicineSeminars If you want to find out where Doctor Batar is going to be, in the show notes as well, you can see where I'll be, and I hope to see y'all soon in Chicago, in uh, Syracuse, and uh, where else we're we going to be at Naples and in and, uh, uh, Altamont, Orlando. So lots of stuff coming up. Uh, Doctor Batar, any uh, last uh, I won't say words because I know you got a pregnant. Uh, uh, what do you call it? There antelope that you're caring for while we're doing the show. This is one of the strangest of shows, but you're doing really, really well.
2: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I'm actually not just sitting back and watching Charlie, who's my main person here, the foreman on the on the ranch, and uh, Doctor Jay Moore. So, for everybody out in the world that's uh, listening to the show right now, you guys can say hi to Charlie and Doctor Moore. You guys want to say hi on the air? Hey.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guys are taking care of the antelope there. We'll we'll post the picture in the show notes as well at romberscabell.com in case you're listening later, it'll be there for you. Uh we have uh we've done a a, a new segment last hour great moments in science thanks to Super Don, but sometimes the moments in science are not so great. They're so obvious that they can only be today's moment of duh.
0: What are you people? On dope? <laughs> Amalgamated Association of Morons. Local 6 and 7
1: 8. You're crazy! <laughs> what is
0: your major malfunction?
1: Yes, today's Moment of Duh brought to you by Cheech and Chong. Go to the Netherlands and take a math class and fail. <laughs> Dr. Batark, will you believe this? They figured out that kids in high school that smoke a lot of dope don't do as well on their math exams as the kids that that don't do that.
2: Yeah, well, that uh, definitely that qualifies for a moment of uh, that, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like we speak out, uh, against cannabis because we know it is a plant that God created. There's good medicine for people in appropriate forms and places and times. But if you really want to do well and memorize a lot of stuff on your math test, probably not the greatest thing to be token down on.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you. The question is, though, were they having any pain?
1: Yeah, cause they would be out of, out of pain because we know it's an extraordinary, uh, non-narcotic, if you will. Uh, pain reducer. My wife is a, a classic example of that using the CBD, non-psychoactive form of the cannabis plant, but uh, many people are benefiting by the THC even in cancer, or maybe especially in cancer situations.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, I'm glad that it actually helped your wife because I remember how much uh, pain she had for so long, so um, it's it's one of those things that you know, that, like anything else in life, there's always the good and the bad to it, and everything is about balance. So using mm-hmm. this uh, naturally occurring substance, what uh, our forefathers called the gift from the gods, mm-hmm. or everything from uh, use in paper and, and clothing and um, you know all, all sorts of different uses, uh, medicinal, doesn't mean that it can't be abused, and every, anything has the potential of being abused. So that's something that we need to just keep in the back of our mind. But, yeah, there's a moment of doubt sure. that people didn't perform that well.
1: Also, want to remind folks that if they do the THC form of cannabis, that contains the thing that supposedly gets you high, it also will stimulate your appetite, which helps for cancer patients that are undergoing chemotherapy that may be dying from cachexia. Uh, that that cannabis can be used medicinally to keep them alive. Yeah, that's
2: that's uh, that's a very good point too, Robert. That's a very good point.
1: So, uh, with that, Super Don, you you wanted to cover a a stupid criminal story here to wrap up. And I know Dr. Batar knows about some of these. He's he's seen shows about these things. But what did this guy try to do? What was he robbing? Uh, A a bank or something else?
0: Well, no. You know, listen, if you look at the way he did this, obviously he he had not graduated robber school yet. So, (laughs) banks, I think, were a little bit out of his league. So, he he was starting off with the low-hanging fruit. He was trying to rob a Subway. And not, I'm not, subway. not like subway trains, like subway no, sandwich no. place. Yeah.
1: Sandwich place. Okay. So what, what did he do that was, that made it so stupid? What did he well, do? To make-
0: okay. Let, here, here's a pop quiz here. Okay. When you were young and you were watching like the morning cartoons on Saturday and stuff, and they had a bank robber, what did the bank robber always have in his hand?
1: The bag with the, the money sign on it.
0: That's right. A bag with the money sign on it. Um, well, this guy, I guess, Learned how to rob subway shops from Looney Tunes. from morning cartoons. He actually went in there to rob the place with a bag with a dollar sign on it.
1: Oh my gosh! I think that uh, that uh, uh, animal that you're working with there—the cantaloupe or no, the antelope—is smarter than this criminal.
2: I, I know the antelope is smarter than the criminal.
1: Yeah. Well, Dr. Batar another great advanced medicine episode. Check out all the archives at GCN and Natural News Radio, MedicalRewind.com, and all the other places it is. We appreciate you so very much. And with that, the message that I leave you with each and every week, the power to heal is yours. The Robert
0: Scott the Bell, Robert Bell Show. Scott
1: Bell Show.